was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging seas. My God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes the way. He hung up on that cross and he rose up from that grave. My God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Sing this with us. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Yo 
in the hallow 
Amen. That's good worship this morning. Merry Christmas. That was pretty weak. Merry Christmas. Oh, that's that sounded genuine there. Who was that? Aaron. All right. Well, Christmas, I, I can tell when Christmas is close at the house because um, the guest bed begins to fill up with gifts Wrapping paper, boxes, gift bags, ribbon, and I mean, it's starting to really stack up in there. Uh, when I was a kid, I knew that Christmas was coming close whenever we'd get that Sears Christmas catalog. Now, some of y'all don't have no idea what I'm talking about, but some of you know what I'm talking about, and you'd get that catalog and we didn't have highlighters when I, was, when I was a little fella, so I would get a pen or a pencil, and I would go through, and the instruction was circle what you want Santa to bring you, 
And um, so you'd go through and circle, and then you thought, you know, they might miss something. So you dog-eared the page. And if you really wanted something, you would not just put a circle, you would circle, 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 and maybe even an arrow, you know. And uh, boy, how times have changed, because now, uh, if, if the grandkids want something, either they or their parents send us a link to the place where you can, you can order it. A lot of times it's Amazon. And then um, you can have it shipped to their house. You can have it gift wrapped by the elves at Amazon. And it shows up at their door and Merry Christmas. You know, it's just a different day. And, um, and then sometimes Christy uh, will send us something and Tommy will send us something for their kids and say, hey, you can, you can get this and, and wrap it up or you, can, um, or you can send it to us and we'll wrap it up. But I tell you, it's amazing how that all goes now. Just incredible. If you want to send money, you don't have to send money. You can sell it. You can, uh, what's the other ones? PayPal, cash out, okay, y'all, y'all start looking these up, will you? Um, so anyway, e-cards, all of that stuff, um, it's amazing how things change. When I was a kid, um, it, was, it was a whole lot about Santa Claus. Now, Nana made sure that we didn't forget it was about a manger with a baby in it. But it was still, you know, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, gifts, gifts, I want this, I want that. And, and you're not just what you wanted, exactly the, the style you wanted, the brand you wanted. I remember one year, and Dad, if you're watching, I'm sorry, I'm telling this. But one year I wanted a drum set. I wanted a set of drums. I was playing a drum in the high school band, but I wanted a set of drums. I wanted to learn how to play at a drum set. And so... Um, I mean, I'm like in middle school. Uh, I think it was called junior high when I was there. And um, so I've, you know, I, I circled it, y'all. I mean, I, here's, here it is. Here it is. I want, and it looked a lot like something that's back here. And I went down in, in the den where Santa made his visit at our house. Now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in junior high. Don't think, don't think bad of me, okay, when I say Santa Claus and I was in junior high, okay? I had two little brothers, and so um, we go down to the den where Santa Claus made his deposit, and there was not a set of drums. You hear me, Dad? There was one little, there was, I shouldn't have said little, there was one drum, and man, I'm telling you what, I'm like, boy, he sure didn't understand me this year, you know, but it was all about that, it was all about that, and then, but then, when I was 15 years old, Jesus shone the light, the Christmas star on my life. And I, I, y'all, my heart knew that Jesus came to this world for me. And everything changed. Santa Claus fell into the shadows and Jesus came front and center. Say hallelujah to that. That's a great day when you understand that he is the reason for the season. That, that God sent his only son to this world that we might 
know him, that, that we might have the, the opportunity for Emmanuel, God with us. Because, you know, somebody can tell you about somebody and tell you about somebody, but until you meet them for yourselves, it's just hearsay. And so God came and he made it more than hearsay. He came in the person of Jesus and he walked in the midst of people and he was completely, I said it last week, they were expecting Messiah, but they weren't expecting Jesus. And Jesus came and he cut through all the religious jargon and clutter and made known the heart of God. That's, a, that's good stuff. And when I accepted Jesus as my Savior, Christmas went through a transition. It went through a change in my life. And I'm thankful for that. There were passages that I had heard. You know, you just kind of hear them in the distance. And then I, I have my little Gideon Testament, like I've told you through the years. I got saved, and I carried that little Gideon Testament in my pocket everywhere I went. And, I, and I'd come across these passages like the one I'm going to take you to today in Luke 1, and I'd read these passages, and Christmas took on a whole new meaning for me in my life. And here's what's amazing. I've been a Christian now for um, 52 years. And do you know every year I see something in the Christmas story from an angle that maybe I've never seen it before? The same passage, the same age-old story, but then God shines his spiritual light on it in such a way that I have an aha moment. Isn't that wonderful when you have an aha moment? And you, you just, you know, you just, you're reading your Bible because, come on, y'all, we're supposed to, we need to read our Bibles, and I'm, I need to read my Bible. I, I really, man, I'm... And then you start reading, and God says, you don't, you don't just need to read your Bible. You're going to want to read it after I show you this. And he brings it to light, and he touches your heart, and he touches your soul, and you walk away refreshed, renewed. Uh, Age-old story becomes front-page news like you've never heard it before as God brings it to your, to your life. I'm so thankful for that. Uh, I was sharing with, with the church staff this morning as, as I shared with them a portion of the passage I'm going to share with you. And I said, the Lord just spoke to my heart and, and, and said that he wanted me to remind us this morning, and that was when we were meeting at 845, that uh, what we do is it's social, but it's more than social. I'm talking about ministry. It's social, but it's more than social. It's educational, but it's more than education. It's, um, it's spiritual. It, it is supernatural. That not only applies to the few I was talking to this morning, it applies to all of us. What we're giving ourselves to in this moment is more than just, it's more than just a religious gathering. The God of all the ages, the scripture says the ancient of days. Don't you love, that's so poetic, I love that. The ancient of days, God is in our midst. And he's reaching into our lives and he's making his presence known in such a way we could not have prepared for it. Uh, we prepare, but we can't prepare for everything. God defies our, our attempts at, at containing everything and, and program. It's more than program. 
It's, it's supernatural. It's spiritual. And he reaches into our lives today to be Emmanuel, to make his presence known in us in such a way that, that it, it reframes everything. It reframes everything that's going on in our lives in this very moment. Friday, I stood at the cemetery and I preached my aunt's funeral. And I'm standing there and I've, I've preached hundreds of funerals through the years. But when you're preaching your aunt's funeral, you're thinking about every little memory, every little moment, every, every little innuendo of that relationship. And you're just, and it's just, I mean, it's, it's like it's just flooding your mind. It's almost like it's a movie reel that's, that's playing out in your mind. And I was thinking about all the different things that represented my relationship with this lady who, you've heard me talk about Nana so many times. My mom and Linda, my Aunt Linda, were the two girls in that family. And oh, there was a bond there. Uh, they were, they had a number of years between them because um, my mom was like the second in, in the birth order, and Linda was the baby of the family. But a bond developed through the years, and, and I'll never forget the year that um, Dad went to Vietnam, that Linda came to live with us, and she was like a second mom. And just involved in my life, and, and Jeff, my brother, and Wes, my brother, and Wanda, my sister, involved in all of our lives in just a very precious way. And as I was, as I was sharing at her funeral, I was saying to the friends and, and our family that was gathered there, I said, you know, what God has been up to through the years goes beyond anything that we could, could ever lay hold to in our thinking. But I said, I want y'all, and, and I told my family, I said, I want y'all to think about this. All of those times that Nana was preaching Jesus to us, and we would kind of hurry out of the room before she gave an altar call, okay? It was like, okay, Nana, I hear you, Nana. Okay, Nana. But that, an old, old term here, but that has come to roost. And now we realize that God was up to something back in those days when, when Nana was sitting at the kitchen table with her Bible open. She was bringing to us an awareness that we did, that we were not aware of. And it took years for that to play out, for us to get to the place that we, we now say, Lord, thank you for our Nana. Thank you for her devotion to lifting up this sacred text, to reminding us Christmas is more than Santa Claus. It might be Santa Claus, but it's more than Santa Claus. Church might be social, but it's more than social. Your salvation is about the supernatural reach of God into your life. And the thing I'm thankful for this morning is that God not, He doesn't just reach in one time, He reaches in for a lifetime. He just keeps reaching in. He keeps bringing us back to what is most vital, what is most important. Listen to these words in Luke 1, verse 26, I'll start. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. He was a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
Luke writes it this way, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I want you to just pause and think about that verse 29 for just a moment. The angel of the Lord shows up and says, you are highly favored. God is with you. And Mary's like, "Uh uh-oh. What's about to happen here? What's going on here? Am I dreaming or is this really happening? But the angel of the Lord said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. I pray that we will find favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And I would just pause here and say, uh, if you never have, why don't you take the time this year, and you've got a, a wealth of resources available to you. You can go to um, Bible Hub or any of those uh, dependable online connections and just Google what I mean by, I don't just mean Google, you know, you know what I'm saying there, right? Y'all with me? Yeah, just search. I don't care if you use Google, use whatever. But search this passage of Scripture. Look at what it's talking about when it says God will give him the throne of his father, David. Uh, of course, David is not his father, but David is his ancestor. Look at what all of that means because here, here's the thing. I, I shared with the group this morning, I had a professor uh, at Warner that he taught this over and over and over again. He would say, Revelation is progressive and it doesn't take place in a vacuum. And when I took his theology class and later took uh, his, his Bible class, Dr. Ratzliff would continue to make those those statements, God's revelation is progressive and it does not take place in a vacuum. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I thought, you know what? If he's saying it that much, it's going to be on a test somewhere. So I just committed that to memory. And sure enough, man, there'd be fill in the blank in all of his classes, you know. And he would leave one of those blank and then you had to fill it in. Boy, I'd ace that part of the test because I, I heard him, I, but I didn't understand him back in those days. I don't know why I didn't just stop and think about what he was saying, but basically it took me a lifetime to, to appreciate the, the, the power that is in those words and why he kept saying it. God cannot reveal to any human being in any given moment of time the fullness of his revelation, the fullness of his truth. And so it's progressive. It takes time. It takes a lifetime. It takes eternity. Because even in this lifetime, the Bible says we don't get it completely. We see pieces of it. It's not until we step through the curtain, the veil, if you will, as the, as the poets call it, and we, we get to the other side, to the streets of gold, to eternity, we are going to see some things and understand some things that we could not understand. But here's the glory. The longer you walk with the Lord, the more you see as he reveals it to your understanding. And so progressively, day by day, year by year, decade by decade, things are happening, and we see the Scripture, and we see 
We see in between what is written, and, and it takes on a whole new glory in, in our experience of following Christ. And so in this passage, he says, this one who is coming through you, Mary, he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary understood more about that than than a teenage girl in this day would understand because she had been brought up as a Jewish girl to understand Messiah is coming, the promised one of God is coming, and he will deliver his people, his chosen people, Israel, from all that has, has hampered them and hindered them in this life. And so she knew some of what was happening, but she didn't know the fullness of it. The angel, she said, how, how will this be? To the angel. How, how is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. This, this can't happen. Supernatural. Supernatural. You say, God says, I want you to, to do this in your life. I want you to start doing this, or I want you to st stop that. I want you to move that out of your life so there's room for more of this in your life. You fill in the blanks. I'm not going to try to define that. Because he's working with me one way, and he's working with you in a, another personal way. God, how in the world can it? God said, Ron, I want you to go, I want you to be a pastor. What? I don't give book reports. Occasionally, how am I going to get up and give a book report every week? Several times a week. Supernatural. Mary said, there's no way. I'm a virgin. The angel, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of God will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive in her, is in her sixth month. That's why it mentioned Elizabeth at the beginning. Mary's cousin was going to bring forth John that we came to call John the Baptist. Elizabeth's child would baptize Jesus at the appointed time in the Jordan River. I mean, Revelation is progressive. Elizabeth had no idea that John would be the one who would herald Messiah. She had no idea that he would be the one who would baptize Messiah in the River Jordan. Just follow God a day at a time, a step at a time. Continue to trust him. Continue to believe in him even when you don't understand him. Follow him. And progressively in the midst of our imperfect lives, because it doesn't happen in a vacuum of perfection. Just little by little, step by step, God leads us from where we are to where he created us to be, not only on the other side, but even in this moment of time. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. 
I could never do that. No word of God will ever fail. I could never go there. No word of God will ever fail. So Mary in verse 29 is greatly troubled. In verse 34, she is perplexed. How in the world could this happen? There's no way this could happen. And progressively, the angel of the Lord is touching her heart and touching her mind and touching her soul so that by the time we get to verse 38, and y'all, I don't know how much time is between verse 29 and verse 38. I don't know if it was minutes or if it was days or weeks, but... You get to verse 38, and listen to what Mary says. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Mission accomplished. He came to announce to her in the place now that is called the Church of Annunciation. He came to announce to her God's chosen you. You are the mother of the Savior of mankind. Lord, I don't know how in the world that's going to happen, but may your word be fulfilled in my life. And you know what? You don't have to understand everything to surrender to God, but you do need to surrender to God if you want everything that he has for you to find its fruition in your life. There must be a surrender to him for you to live in the fullness of what he created you for. As long as you... are living in unbelief because of what you don't understand, you'll never get to the place where you begin to understand what you never thought could be possible. The Lord is with you. He is. You have found favor with him. You have. Oh, preacher, you don't know me. I don't have to. Because I know me. When it says the Lord found favor with Mary, and when it says that the Lord has found favor with us, it's not about our performance. It's about his grace. It's not that we've earned it. It's that he has given it. Um, In the Old Testament, when Abraham came to faith, when God showed up in his world and took him out on the mountain and had him look over the promised land and said, this is going to be your land and the land of your descendants and your descendants are going to be more numerous than the stars of the sky or the pebbles of sand on the beach. It says that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now think about the theology of that. It's not that he was righteous and then God chose him. It's that God chose him and he believed God's choice and God said, you're my man. Was he perfect? Well, you, you answer that for yourself. Some months later, he's on journey with his wife, Sarah, 
And Sarah was a beautiful young woman, and they came into the company of a, of a, of a stranger, a king, and the king um, thought, you know, that is a good-looking woman right there. And I think I will have her for myself, which was pretty uh, standard fare in, in that culture in that day. And so he took her to himself and is preparing to have a relationship with her. And he was warned in a dream that she is a married woman. And so the king goes back to Abraham and says, what in the world are you trying to are you trying to destroy me? Why didn't you tell me this was your wife? And he said, well, I was afraid if you knew that she was my wife that you would kill me so you could have her for yourself. So there you go. After his faith was counted as righteousness, was he perfect? Absolutely not. Was he righteous? Absolutely. Because of God, not because of himself. The Lord has found favor with you. And that's more of a statement of his love than our worthiness. And the Holy Spirit would overshadow our lives. That God's word might be fulfilled in, in us and through us. And here's the thing. I don't know everything, but I know enough to take the next step. How about you? I don't know about a year from now but I know about the Spirit moving in my life right now in this moment and me speaking these words to you. I know that, and so I'll take that step. I, I don't know what waits for me tomorrow, but by faith, I'll take that step. I don't know about next week, but by faith, day by day, hour by hour, I'll take that step that God leads me to take. And that's all anybody can do. And so Mary, in that moment of surrender, said, I'm your servant. I'll do whatever you have for me to do. May your word come to fulfillment in me. I don't know how this is going to happen, but I believe, I believe in you, and so I believe that if this is what you want to have happen, then you will cause it to come together. Y'all, listen. The best thing we can do this Christmas is give our hearts to God. And I, I'm not talking figuratively. I'm not talking just, you know, as a churchy kind of thing. Give your heart to Jesus. You're the only one who can give, you, give him your heart. We've heard all those, all those phrases, and they're good phrases. Lord, whatever you want. I don't know how in the world it's going to come together, but whatever you want. May your word, may your purpose be fulfilled in me. I don't know everything, but I know when God is reaching into my, into my heart and into my soul. And I guess all said and done, that's enough, isn't it? God says, Go be nice to that person. I don't even know him, Lord. I'm an introvert. 
Lord, it doesn't even make any sense. You created me to be an introvert, and now you're telling me to go talk to somebody I've never seen before in my life? What are they going to think? I don't care what you think they're going to think. Go talk to them. All right. Whatever you're up to, God, may it be fulfilled. Here I go. It's that simple. This Christmas, I pray that we will live in his favor as a matter of personal choice. Um, I've been asking the Lord recently. I heard a song say this, and maybe that's what, maybe that's what uh, brought me to this as a, just a continuing prayer in these recent days. Um, Lord, I want it to be less of me and more of Jesus. Please help me with that, Lord. Part, part of the thing that, and, I, and I'll close with this, but just to give you, uh, because we all share a lot of things in common more than we realize. As I say, I'm an introvert. Any introverts in the room? See, you don't even want to raise your hand, right? It's like, dude, for real? I'm not coming out. <laughs> so any extroverts? Y'all can't. Y'all were hoping I would ask. You know, it's like, please. I, I'm an extrovert. I want to lift my hand. But um, as an introvert, part of it, part of the dynamic is, and maybe it's so for extroverts too. Maybe this is just a human human uh, predicament. But sometimes we care too much about what we think someone else thinks, right? I remember a, a sociologist saying the looking glass theory, I hope I get this right if there's any sociologists in here. If, I'm, if I mess it up, I'm sorry. But I think it's this. The looking glass theory in sociology says we tend to think of ourselves what we think others think of us. Now, you write that down today, okay, and then start untangling that. I mean, it's all tangled. We think, we tend to think what we think others think of us. And, and so sometimes I, I, I'm, I'm too concerned with what someone else may think. And so that moves me to pray, Lord, less of me, more of you. Lord, less of me, more of you. Lord, please, less of me, more of you. Lord, please bring me to the place where Mary found herself when she said, I am your servant. May, it, may your word be fulfilled in me. Less of me, more of you. Lord, I can't do this. Lord, you can do anything. Have your way with me. You know, that's a good Christmas gift, not only for us to give God, but for us to give to our families because we're better people when we're surrendered to him. Oh, that's an amen right there, huh? We are better people when we are surrendered to him. That's a good Christmas present. Lord, may your word be fulfilled in me. Lord, 
I'm your servant. I want to I want what you want. Father, as we bow before you on this second Sunday of Advent, we are longing for you to have your way with us, not only in this season, but for all the days of our lives. We know that eternity will reveal the glory of what we are giving ourselves to, even in these days, as those who are following Jesus. Lord, I need more of you and less of me so that tomorrow, or even this afternoon, I can take that next step in following you. Sometimes you urge us to do things that in the moment don't make sense to us, and and if we hold back, we, we are holding back the glory for which you have created us in that moment. And so this Christmas, while we're giving our gifts, Lord, I just want to give you my life more intentionally, more completely than I ever have before. I am your servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. Thank you for not giving up on us when we give up on ourselves. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hush, hush. 